morning to everyone. Welcome to God's house this morning, and as we take a look at the Epiphany season, we get to see once again about that light, that salvation that, that has come for us. And as we think of that, may we be those disciples and be those workers in his kingdom. We join together with the singing of our first hymn, I Hear the Savior Call.
Let's please rise. We join in with our morning praise. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. We have come in the presence of God who created us to love and serve him as his dear children. But we have disobeyed him, deserve only his wrath and punishment. Therefore, let us confess our sins to him and plead for his mercy. Merciful Father in heaven, I'm altogether sinful from birth. In countless ways I have sinned against you and do not deserve to be called your child. But trusting in Jesus, my Savior, I pray, have mercy on me according to your unfailing love. Cleanse me from my sin and take away my guilt. God, our Heavenly Father, has forgiven all your sins. By the perfect life and its death of our Lord Jesus Christ, he has removed your guilt forever. You're his own dear child. May God give you the strength to live according to his will. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. Almighty God, you sent your Son to proclaim your kingdom and to teach with authority. Anoint us with the power of your Spirit that we, too, may bring good news to the afflicted, bind up the brokenhearted, and proclaim liberty to the captive. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. Our first lesson for this morning is recorded in Isaiah chapter 9. And here we see that epiphany light, that salvation that's found through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and, and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. This is the word of our Lord. We continue as we sing our psalm, Psalm 27.
Our gospel lesson for this morning is recorded in Matthew chapter 4. And here, again, we see the calling of his disciples, and may we remember our calling, too, to share that glorious news about our Savior. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people living in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land the shadow of death. A light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net in the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. This is the word of our Lord. We continue the singing of our next hymn.
grace, to you, and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for this morning's meditation is recorded in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 1, beginning with the 10th verse. Dear friends in Christ, a lady was trying to drive from Reno, Nevada to Sacramento, California on Interstate 8, and all of a sudden a snowstorm came up. And she couldn't see at all. I mean, the wind was blowing, the snow was falling so heavy that she couldn't see much in front of her. But then all of a sudden she saw the lights of a truck that was plowing the snow, and she figured, I'll follow the truck. I'll follow this, and he'll clear the way, the road for me, and I'll be able to get through. But the snow kept coming down so hard that she had trouble even following the lights at times. She could barely see the truck, but then all of a sudden she would see it again. And she just thought, I'm just going to let him guide me. Well, after a while, the operator of the snowplow stopped, got out of his truck, and went up to the car and said, Lady, where are you going? And she said, I'm going to Sacramento. And he said, that's great, but you're not going to get there following me plowing this parking lot. <laughs> How often are we like that lady? That we know where we want to go. We have our destination. We have a plan to reach that destination. But we spin our wheels. We're lost in that snowstorm. We think we're following the plan. We think we see what's before us. But we just can't get there. And that happens with churches too. Some of you were present for our, our congregational meeting. And it doesn't matter because when we think of churches, how many of them have plans, mission statements? But how many churches are just spinning their wheels? How many times are churches looking for style and not for substance? Because we have to remember, too, in a church, we're dealing with imperfect people. We're sinners. We want our way. We think the church should be run this way or that way. And at times, again, there can be those divisions. At times we're looking for that style instead of that substance to join a church. So that's why this morning we're going to take a look at the words that are before you and take a look at that question. Are you looking for style or for substance? When you take a look at the words that are before you, we realize again that there were divisions among that church at Corinth. We heard about that church last week. We, we heard about that encouragement that Paul was giving that congregation to remain faithful, to remain faithful to that word of God and encourage them to, to be sharing that faith and, and to live that faith. But so many, since they were not perfect, were looking for style. I mean, take a look at what Paul says. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there be no divisions among you but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. For you see, there were cliques that developed at this church. And Paul was saying, you shouldn't have those cliques. There should be no division. You should be having that same thought. You should be taking a look at substance. You're not here for style. Yet so many at that church were there for style. Because you take a look at what was reported to Paul. My brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household, have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. 
Still another, I follow Christ. When you take a look at those clicks, how sad it is, isn't it? How sad it is when you take a look at all those different clicks. I want to follow Paul. I'm not going to have anything to do with Cephas. I don't like the way Cephas preaches. Or I, I like Apollos better. I like his style much better, so I'm not going to have anything to do again with Cephas. And I like the way they were comparing. And then you even had the independence. I'm just going to follow Christ. How many joined a church for style over substance? <coughs> Excuse me. How many of them are joining for that style? And even today, how many joined because they like the building or they, it's closest to their house or whatever it may be, and they fail to take a look at that substance? I mean, how often does that happen to us that we rather follow style than substance? I mean, you take a look at an election, and up until we go into that voting booth and say, well, I like that style of that candidate. Um, I really don't know anything about that candidate, but I guess I'll vote for him or for her. Or how many, too, don't take a look at style over substance when, when you're purchasing a car? I mean, you see all these commercials about all these neat cars. And you go, I just, I want one of those cars. It's so neat to see all the gadgets on that car or, or I love the style because that car has a sunroof or that color car is red. I love red. And we fail to take a look at the substance. We fail to take a look at, again, um, what about the maintenance of the vehicle? How reliable is that engine in that vehicle? No, we get so wrapped up with style over substance. But the words that are before us this morning call us to repent of that. Call us to repent and, and to take a look at what, what Paul is really saying. Because you take a look at verse 13. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? Paul couldn't believe what was happening with these cliques. Oh, I want Paul to baptize me, or I want Cephas to baptize me. They could care less of what was happening about that substance. They were looking for that style. And Paul was encouraging them, though, this shouldn't be the case. Take a look at what's important. And that's why he wrote in our closing verse, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel not with wisdom and elegance, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Paul came for one mission, and that was for substance, to preach the gospel message. And he would admit that, I'm not the wisest in your city. You have a lot of scholars there, but I came for one purpose, I'm not elegant of speech, and we'll hear more about that in our study of Corinthians, that he wasn't the greatest speaker, or so he thought. And he said, I came for the substance. And that substance was the gospel message. That message to, to preach about Christ crucified, about that love of our Heavenly Father and his forgiveness he gave us through Jesus Christ. And when you start to think about that, Take a look at too. God wasn't even one full of, of style either, was he? I mean, when you think about the way he um, sent his son in this world, born of peasant parents, lived that his son lived in an obscure village, 
And he even sacrificed his own son for us. Are you looking for style or for substance? When you start to realize again that that substance, that gospel message that I am a forgiven child of God. I mean, God looks at me, sees my imperfections, sees the sins that I commit daily, and yet he's not angry at me, but he punished his son on the cross for me. That that's the power of the cross. That's the power that was given at the cross that our sins go to the cross, Christ's holiness, his righteousness, becomes ours. That's what the church is about. That's what the church is about. It's about that substance, not about that style. To share that news about that gospel message that Christ came for everyone and to get that message out. There was a pastor, Pastor Smith was his name. He was a very successful pastor. He was in a rural congregation and the people just loved him. And he was a great speaker. I mean, you could listen to his sermons. People just sat up, didn't fall asleep. They, they were listening to him. The church grew in membership. You know, and, and he was one of these preachers that you could listen to all day long. Well, one Sunday, he took off for a Sunday of just to relax for a little vacation. And the guest preacher was there. And, and he noticed when he came out that the church was full, but during the singing of the first hymn, people were getting up and leaving. And he stood up after the singing of the first hymn and said, all of you who came to listen to uh, Pastor Smith today, you're free to go. But all of you who came to hear Christ preached are to remain. How often? Don't we get so wrapped up with style that we forget about that substance. That substance of realizing again that, that salvation is ours through Christ and that we are his. How often do we start to spin our wheels and get lost like that lady did and fail to take a look at the substance that's before us. As I sit in our meeting, this congregation has been blessed beyond all measure. We've been blessed beyond all measure, and the Lord has opened up many doors for us. May we be ready to be part of that substance, to take that gospel message out, to take that living water out to those who have that spiritual thirst. God grant that for Jesus' sake. Amen. Let's please rise. May the peace of God surpass all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. And let's join together in confessing our faith with the whole Christian church on earth with the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty.
As we return our first fruits for our Lord has given us all things, the guest books are located in the chairs in the center aisle. Please take a moment to sign those. Got a record of your visit with us this morning. Let us please rise for our prayers. And in our prayers this week, we'd like to remember Chuck Emmerich, who will be entering the hospital in the coming days. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask you to be with Chuck in this time of need. Guide the hand of the surgeon. Give strength and nurse will be taking care of him. And if it is your will, grant him a speedy and complete recovery of his earthly health. May Chuck remember that your protecting hand is around him. May he have that peace and comfort in your name. Amen. Heavenly Father, so often we do look for style over substance, and we ask for your forgiveness. But be with us as we enjoy that substance of your gospel, in knowing that we are your forgiven children. Be with us as we use the gifts that we bring you each week, and more importantly, use us to be your disciples in your kingdom that we may share that glorious news about our Savior, that he shed his blood for the forgiveness of sins for all people. Be with us as a congregation, that we too may bring this glorious news to people everywhere. And also, as we have seen the transition of power to a new government this week, we ask you to be with our new president, President Trump, and be with all our Congress and with our judicial branch. Be with those in authority and give all of them that discernment that they may rule our land for the benefit of all people. And may all of us remember again that the government is part of your representation. May we again follow them and use us to be again those citizens in your kingdom. All this we ask in our Savior's name who taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. 
O Lord God, our Heavenly Father, pour out the Holy Spirit on your faithful people. Keep us strong in your grace and truth. Protect and comfort us in all temptations. And bestow on us your saving peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Brothers and sisters, go in peace, live in harmony with one another, and serve the Lord with gladness. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Please be seated. And following the singing of our last hymn, again, may we really be thankful that the Lord will speak to us, that we too may speak. And may we again be thankful that we are workers of his disciples. If you do, I'm not sure what happened to some of the inserts for the meeting, but we will have those available for you for next week. And we'll join in with the singing of our last hymn. 